0: The Boston Red Sox had a string of good talent from a position player standpoint on the team in 2023, but who was the best position player on the team and who was the worst at the bottom? Find out all of that on today's episode of Locked On Red Sox. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbutt, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, and I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. If it's free, why not tune in and continue to make it your first listen of every day? Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical Thank you for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every day. And you can also make SiriusXM your last listen of every day. Just download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox, and you can get the home broadcast of every game straight to your feed, so you don't have to miss a single pitch. And why miss a pitch if you don't have to? So definitely download the SiriusXM app, and you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game. Speaking of the Boston Red Sox, the 2023 season may have been full of ups and downs. And part of that was due to the players they had playing a variety of different positions on the team. On today's show, I'm going to be ranking the Boston Red Sox position players. I've already ranked the starters and I've ranked the relievers. But where do the position players all stand on the list? Starting at the bottom very bottom of this list of position players is somebody who just could not figure it out this year. When he came to Boston a few seasons ago, he really helped elevate them and was a huge part of the ALCS run in 2021. But his 2023 season with the Red Sox was an absolute mess. He led baseball in errors in the field in that time and couldn't figure out how to make contact with the ball regularly either. And I almost felt a little badly for him because he was being tossed around from position to position. Sometimes he was playing shortstop. Sometimes he was playing in the outfield, but either way, he couldn't figure it out and make it click. So I put Kike Hernandez at the bottom because when you're a player like him, who's experienced and you're supposed to be a utility player that is used to playing different positions, you should be able to adapt to changing positions and you should be able to still find a way to hit the ball and do your part on offense. And he really wasn't doing anything right or consistently with Boston in 2023. So when the Red Sox parted ways with him at the trade deadline, it was just something that had to happen because it was time to move on from that situation. Another player that they were quick to move on from that I ranked slightly above Kike was catcher Jorge Alfaro. He got very little playing time. He had been in the Red Sox organization and then um, had basically been cut and then went to other teams kind of to see if it would work there for him. And then he ended up back with the Red Sox because he had been DFA'd and the Red Sox were down a catcher because Reese McGuire was injured. And Connor Wong was just pulling a lot of the weight and playing a lot of games. So they brought up Alfaro. And at first I said, Hey, why don't we just give him another chance? Let's see what he can do. But he wasn't really contributing at the level that he should have been contributing at. Um, he wasn't hitting at all. And from a defensive standpoint, he struggled a bit too. So I had to put him towards the bottom. The only reason I put Kike below him is because Alfaro hasn't, had a huge opportunity in a lot of different places. So he hasn't really been given enough of a chance to figure himself out, but he still struggled a lot. And the fact that he really couldn't hit at all, he was a ground ball merchant and was constantly striking out and not doing much of substantial value. That's why he's at the bottom. This player here, I felt a little badly putting towards the bottom because he clearly was called up a little bit too early, and the Red Sox didn't have a ch- choice really because they had players who had been injured and they just had a plethora of injuries to position players this season. But they called up David Hamilton relatively early on, and he had a pretty small sample size of being called up. He definitely had the speed of somebody who could succeed in Major League Baseball, but he only batted 121. And when you're a player like him who is just being called up and hasn't really had your opportunity yet, you hope for better results and that just didn't come. So it's hard for me to really put him above other players who at least showed more that they had the capability to succeed. I think with more time and more experience in the minors, Hamilton could move up in that list, but he just simply wasn't here for long enough to really develop and his development process was a little rushed when he got called up to MLB so was it fair to put him that low let me know in the comments Louis Urias is next on my list he is a player that the Red Sox acquired at the trade deadline who played a little bit of second base and a little bit of shortstop went during the time that he was here in the last couple months of the season and To me, it didn't make a whole lot of sense when the Red Sox acquired him because I said, you know, sure, they need another infielder, but why somebody who doesn't provide a ton of value and had a history of struggling? His previous team, the Brewers, wanted to get rid of him because he was struggling and could not connect or figure things out. And that, to me, is a red flag because – you don't want somebody on the team who another team is actively trying to get rid of. And as a result, he only batted 194 with the Red Sox. His fielding was decent, um, but not great. So there wasn't a whole lot of upside to him. So I had to put him down towards the bottom of the list because he just didn't do enough for me. Bobby Dahlbeck, this kid has struggled consistently in his time in the Boston Red Sox organization. He's been down at AAA for the most part, has gotten his time up in the majors. And even when he's played a good portion of the season up in the majors, he still has struggled and hasn't found a consistent level of success. He was called up at the very end of the 2023 season and was playing in some games, but he didn't do anything that was overly impressive. He started off really hot at the plate. Cause that's just what he does. Every time he gets called up, he has a hot streak at the plate and then he'll slip back into just this lull of not hitting that well. And so yes, he had a hot streak, but it didn't allow me to put him ahead of some other players on the team who showed more that they have the capability to succeed at this level until he shows that level of consistency for a more extended period of time, I have to keep him with where he's at, which is in that bottom third of the list because he needs to play in more games and show that level of talent and ability for a longer period of time. Coming up, I'm going to be going through the middle of my list. Who is on here that you would have expected to be higher up on the list? You'll find out next we spend a lot of time talking together you and i we get fired up together on wins and losses who starts and who sips i'm thankful for that connection we have and today i want our chat to be a little more personal whether you're on extended travel bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet another supply shortage you are covered my friend thanks to our partners at Jace medical life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. Jays Medical having this service can be an absolute lifesaver, so make sure you use that LOCKEDON code when you go to purchase to your, get your Jace case for a discounted rate at jacemedical.com. Also, don't forget to download the Sirius XM app because you can get the home broadcast of every game straight to your feed And why stress over having to miss games? I know it bothers me, truthfully, when I miss a game. And sometimes I'll find a way to watch it late. But there's nothing like being able to keep track of it live and follow along. So if you're not home and you need to see the game, just download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox. And you can get the home broadcast of every game straight to your feed for free so that that won't be an issue for you and you won't have to worry about it. So absolutely do that today. I am currently ranking the Boston Red Sox position players from the 2023 season in the order of how much they contributed in a positive manner to the Boston Red Sox team. And next on the list is a player who missed the first few months of the season with an elbow injury. He got surgery and his arm seemed drastically better after the surgery. He did come back and contribute defensively, making the Red Sox middle infield defense Quite a bit better from what it was earlier on in the season. So that's Trevor's story. Story to me is the type of player who, once he finds consistency again, can skyrocket up this list. But because he couldn't figure things out at the plate in 2023, he is still lower on the list to me. He ended up ending the season with a 203 batting average. So I'm happy that he got that average above the 200 mark. But because He was trying so much to find his stride at the plate and couldn't, it knocked down his ranking significantly. Now, like I said, that's not to say that can't change. We know he's been able to hit. I worry if he can only hit at Coors Field, and that'll be something that we find out over time, but as a whole, he is somebody who can play defense well, and I'm glad that the Red Sox have him, but I won't be glad for an extended period of time if he can't figure it out at the plate. So because of that, he's lower on the list for me. Right above him is another player who had his opportunity this season and got called up to play sometime at shortstop, and he was very experimental. I think the Red Sox were trying to see really where he was at in 2023, and he showed some glimpses of success. He had a .266 batting average. He absolutely showed that he can hit, but his defensive rating was pretty low. He made quite a few errors at shortstop, so his ranking is In the bottom half in emmanuel valdez there's a lot of upside to him i feel his defense is something that can be improved it might not be right now but it might come with time and if he does fix that he could eventually be a huge contributor for this team so the issue is that he just needs to make that defense better because if he's not able to improve his defense He's going to have a really hard time finding success with this team moving forward in the future. So Emmanuel Valdez, I have high hopes for you, bud. Don't disappoint me if you stay in the system. Christian Arroyo had worse of a season than I had hoped he would. He had a 241 batting average in that middle infield, which really isn't terrible. But I had higher hopes and expectations for him. And I think a lot of people did too. Granted, he dealt with some injuries during the season that prevented him from playing in more games than he would have wanted to. So that's certainly a factor in this. But if you're a player who's kind of riding on the average side for a lot of your career with this team, you can't expect to really be put in the top half of a rankings list because... There's a lot of expectations for you. And if you don't meet those expectations, it's hard for people to justify putting you in a position to be towards the top of the list. So he just needed to perform a little bit better for me. As a result, the Red Sox eventually ended up parting ways with him and it was needed because he didn't do what he needed to do in order to have that level of success that you want to see in your best players. The next player is somebody who took on a lot of the burden this season. They faced many injuries. This team did this year. And for a while, he was the only active catcher. And I feel like he improved by being the only active catcher during that time. But he still is very average to me. He's a good defensive catcher. He has a great arm. He was throwing out a lot of guys. But he needs to still get better at the plate. And that is Connor Wong. Again, I think this 2023 season will serve to be a very valuable experience for him because he learned how to play a lot of back-to-back games and he took on a big workload when nobody else could and he learned what it's like to struggle and have to bounce back after a rough outing or something like that. So he learned really what it's like to be in that position, Um, but he still needs to improve more to me. Right above him on the list is his catching counterpart, Reese McGuire. I'm not a huge Reese McGuire fan. He's a very average catcher to me. That's why he's in the middle of the list, but he did what he needed to do to be an effective backup catcher. He batted 267 on the season, which I think is a little unnoticed and a little underrated about him. He was a pretty decent hitter for the Red Sox, but his defense was not good. And as a catcher, having that defense is more important to me than being able to hit because the Red Sox can find other hitters, but finding a really good defensive catcher is something you absolutely need at that position. And that's something that is unique to being a catcher is that defense really is the most important thing. And you obviously need people who can hit, but you can find guys at other positions who can hit and Reese can hit, but the most important thing in being a catcher, which is being able to stop balls and play good defense. He was not able to do as much, so he's very middle of the pack to me. But I can't really expect much more out of somebody who literally is a backup catcher. Coming in right above McGuire on the list is a player who got his call up late in the season to the Boston Red Sox. He can play both in the outfield and the infield. Sadon Raffaella, he's gotten a lot of hype as one of the Red Sox top prospects before he came in. And people felt like because he could play both the infield and outfield effectively, that he could do that at the major league level. And that is in fact something he showed that he could do. The Red Sox put him into the outfield and in the infield, and he was able to play some good defense in both positions. However, he has to get a little bit better at the plate, particularly with his plate discipline. He was swinging at anything and everything during the 2023 season, and that's not really a way to go about becoming a successful hitter. You need to understand what you should and shouldn't be swinging at. And while I appreciate and respect the aggressiveness You can't be too aggressive to the point where you're swinging and missing a lot or not producing valuable at-bats because you're too swing happy. So if he can just improve that plate discipline, I'm happy to move him further up the list. I've always been a fan of this next player. He is versatile he can hit well and he plays in the infield pablo reyes he finished the season batting over 300 which is not nearly appreciated enough among the fan base in general so he was one of the more consistent hitters and if he would come in to pinch hit he would usually get the job done a lot of the time and with runners on base he would come through and he plays solid defense in the middle infield now I didn't want to put him higher because he was certainly not in the very top group of players in terms of how he performed as a whole. There were players that overall contributed more to the team than he did. But if the Red Sox held on to Pablo Reyes for 2024, I certainly wouldn't be disappointed because I think he brings enough to the table for the Red Sox to work with so that he can be one of those parts moving forward that they can continue to utilize in that middle infield. Coming up, I'm going to be revealing my top group of Red Sox position players. These eight guys were the guys who contributed the most overall to the team in 2023, but where do they each rank? That's coming up. Don't forget, Locked on Red Sox is available wherever you get your podcasts, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite feed. Just go into your favorite podcast platform and search Locked On Red Sox, and you can get a new episode every day for free. And honestly, who doesn't love free? We all do. Things being free helps make the world go round. So certainly take advantage of that. Tune into the show every day, especially now with free agency starting to fire up and teams in their preliminary talks with players, but maybe starting to get closer and closer to deals. You won't want to miss any of the action from the moves the Red Sox make. So you should also follow me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbot 10. We can continue the conversation about these players that way and also follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox because conversation starters and dialogue is very good. So if you are looking for a good way to stay connected with other fans, I can connect you and a good way to continue the conversation. Those are the ways to do that. Also, don't forget to download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox because you can get the home broadcast of every game straight to your feed. In this case, you won't want to miss any games in 2024 because with Craig Breslow at the helm, he seems confident in what he needs to do to get this team to improve. So if they do improve, they're a more bearable team to follow in 2024. So don't forget to tune in to the show Monday through Friday, and download the Sirius XM app and get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your feed. These eight players are the players that were the heart of the Boston Red Sox in 2023. They produced overall the most, they mean a lot to the Red Sox, and whether they're still here or not in 2024. They all helped the Red Sox maintain some hope when there wasn't a lot on potentially grabbing a playoff spot. The first player on that list is Alex Verdugo. Yes, I know his second half of the season was very much not that good, but if you look at the overall picture of what he contributed, he was a great defender. He really got a hold of what it is like to play right field at Fenway and really just embraced it and made some beautiful plays out there. So from a defensive standpoint, Alex Verdugo was super reliable and could be trusted. And at the plate overall, he wasn't awful. He could have been better for sure. But I had to put him towards the top of the list because he just, in 2023 overall, contributed more than he didn't. Yes, he had the attitude problems. He got benched a couple times. But overall, this team without Verdugo wouldn't have been the same. And because of that, I had to put him on that list. Finishing above him on the list is a player who took over his position a little bit there at the end of the season and Willier Abreu. This guy went on an absolute tear at the plate. He was making contact with just about everything, and he was playing good defense in the outfield. He came out confident, looking like he was ready to prove himself and ready to play, and he did just that. He came out trying to send a message to everybody that he deserves a roster spot. And I always got excited when he came up to the plate because a lot of times he would make things happen. And I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching him play and being able to see the way that he can make an impact on this team. So I'm excited to see more. Who knows if he's going to be here come the beginning of 2024, but I hope he is because I'd love to see him smash more baseballs in a Boston Red Sox uniform. This next player is a player who the Red Sox signed in the off season prior to twenty twenty three People were unsure how he was going to perform because he was coming from the Japanese league and It was unclear whether his skills were going to translate over to playing in Major League Baseball, but he did everything he could and ended up being one of the better hitters on this Boston Red Sox team in Masataka Yoshida. There's no denying that he was one of the more consistent hitters the Red Sox had this season. A couple critiques I have on him are he needs to learn to hit more than just fastballs. And he also really needs to improve his defense if they plan on keeping him in the outfield as opposed to more of a DH. So I'd like to see him grow in those two areas. But overall, he was one of the players that I felt like I could trust and rely on the most from this Boston Red Sox team when it came to his time at the plate. So hopefully he can continue that in 2024 and he can learn different and more pitches to add to his repertoire to swing at because that's only going to benefit him down the road with this team. Tristan Casas had an unbelievable season, especially in the second half. After the first couple months, the rest of the season really skyrocketed for him. As a result, he was announced as a finalist for the Rookie of the Year Award, along with Gunnar Henderson from the Baltimore Orioles And Tanner Beebe, a right handed pitcher for the Cleveland Guardians. So he is a finalist for the award. He really made such an impact this year. His defense improved throughout the season. He improved tremendously at the plate. His confidence level went up and he was making contact a lot in the end. And he was taking very disciplined at bats, wasn't afraid to take a walk when needed. And he'd come in and he would just contribute. And it shows that he worked hard to get to where he is. And he wasn't going to give up because a lot of people were unsure about him heading into the season because he was a September call up in 2022. And, you know, fans, sometimes they jump to conclusions and say a player has no hope because they didn't perform right away to a fan's expectations. So I like that he proved the haters wrong and he came in and shut up a lot of people. And as a result, as a finalist for rookie of the year, I'm rooting for him. I hope he wins it. He certainly deserves it. If he does. Right above him is a player who had a very surprising improvement in 2023 compared to 2022. His numbers skyrocketed. Unfortunately, he got injured towards the end of the season, climbing up a wall in the outfield, so he couldn't play for the end of the season. But when he was playing, he contributed in so many more ways than one. Jaron Duran... Mr. Speed was constantly stealing bases. He could turn singles into doubles, which I liked. He could hit to all parts of Fenway and he's just naturally athletic. So his ability to contribute just extended beyond what he could do at the plate and what he could do at the plate was a lot. He was the Red Sox hottest hitter for a good stretch. And he was really the reason they were still in a lot of games in that middle of the season when things were a little bit rocky for the Red Sox and they were still trying to figure out whether they were the real deal or not. Duran was helping to make that case that they were the real deal and could be a playoff team. So it was really too bad when he got his injury, but I hope he can continue that in 2024. This next player is the face of the Boston Red Sox franchise. He just signed a massive 10-year extension with the team. You already know Raphael Devers. The season he had might have been a little underwhelming to you, but it was really still an unbelievable season. I mean, there's not really much else you could have asked for from what he did. He's not going to be an over 300 hitter consistently because he is going to hit for power, and he did hit For power in the 2023 season recording over 30 home runs and he is able to find ways to take his walks he does strike out a good amount but he makes up for that in walks sometimes too or just crushing one over the fence oh sorry I just struck out my last at bat but here's a home run he'll always be that type of hitter I don't expect that to really change but if you have that type of hitter then you'll be well off with him in the lineup. The only reason I didn't put him at the top was because defensively he struggled this season. He needs to still improve his defense at third base. I do think eventually towards the end of the contract, he becomes a full-time DH, but there's still a lot of time in between them. So now before that happens, he needs to improve that defense at third base so that he can be a reliable asset to this team. Adam Duvall is second on my list. He... Absolutely raked in the time that he was here. He started off the season very hot in April before he went to the IL with an injury. And then he came back from the IL and contributed again, even more. And there was never a doubt that Adam Duvall was going to be a good hitter when he came back from the injured list. Obviously, there was a little bit of hesitation surrounding was it going to be as good as he was to start the season? But he showed immediately that he was comfortable at Fenway and hitting there. And I liked that he was able to just make an immediate splash. And, you know, he's not going to likely be back in 2024 because he's looking to win a championship now. And based on what the Red Sox do In the offseason, they might not be quite there yet, so he might not be back. But I could tell he had a blast playing here, and I hope wherever he does go, he finds that same level of success because the Red Sox needed that spark and that fire in the lineup, and Adam Duvall showed that all season. Now the moment you've been waiting for. Number one on my list of Red Sox position players. You might have already figured this out. He was Mr. Clutch. And in more ways than one, he contributed to this Red Sox team. He far surpassed any expectations anybody had for him. And he was the clubhouse leader, Justin Turner. It's hard not to put somebody at the top of the list who was the most consistent hitter all season long and the guy you wanted up at the plate in big situations when you needed somebody to come up and get a big hit. He was that guy that the Red Sox could rely on for that. And I couldn't ask for a better season from him. He elevated everybody in the clubhouse by being arguably the best clubhouse leader the Boston Red Sox have ever had. And he was an absolute lifesaver to this team. When you look back on how the season went, It could have been a complete disaster. It was a little bit of a mess, but it could have been a lot worse had it not been for Justin Turner, keeping people in check and helping to make everybody better and just having a career season. So he deserves to be number one on my list of position players. I'm hoping he comes back to the Red Sox next season. It's not looking likely based on the reports I'm hearing, but there's still a chance. He hasn't been ruled out yet, so we'll see what happens, but I'll always be a fan of Justin Turner And wherever he goes, even if it's not Boston, I hope he finds success as well. As always, like I always say, don't forget to keep the faith. Go Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side.